I hope you are as expectant as I am this day. Um, it is now time for us to hear the word of God and to bring the word of God is none other than the founder of Faith Evangelistic Ministry. Please receive her wherever you are with a big God bless you in Jesus' name. Well, good morning. You may have your seats. It's amazing that today we have um, about eight audience. We'll, we're still below the required number. Thank you, the pastoral team. Those of you are able to attend the service this morning. Thank you, my interpreter, for standing next to me. Isn't the church looking so beautiful? Look at all these flowers. I came and I sat and I'm like, wow, it looks like our annual conference is here with us. Already I'm suggesting we have our annual conference in August. That's exactly. And I've started actually praying for annual conference. Back to the online services again. And I want to assure everybody watching. If Apostle Paul was there in our times, he'll be jumping on the internet to preach the gospel and teach the word of God. So today, back to online services, but we are still thanking God that we can come to you, to your homes, and preach the gospel and teach the word of God. I want to start by appreciating those of you who are joining us online. From wherever you have tuned in. And I also want to appreciate our covenant, my covenant partners from every other nation. I want to thank God Almighty for them for my covenant partners in this nation and family because you make things happen. I want to appreciate the pastoral team that has been working very hard. I want to appreciate you. I want to appreciate every department in FEM. And especially the sanctuary keepers. Sanctuary keepers, wherever you are. I want you to know you are the keepers of the frame of God. We are not able to come to church. But as you come and clean and wash the altar every time. Speaking in tongues 
katika ndimi mnapopanguza madhabahu ya Bwana na hekalu nzima on wednesday and on saturday jumatano na jumamosi you keep the frame of god burning mnasababisha mwanga wa bwana kuendelea kuwa i was praying for you and i want you to appreciate to know that i appreciate you from the bottom of my heart nilikuwa naomba na ningependa mjue kwamba na watambua mno kutoka kilindini mwa moyo wangu thank you technical teams for making us rich out with the gospel of As, jesus asante mno idara kiufundi ambao mnasababisha tuweze kuafikia wengi kupitia njira ya Yesu Kristo i want to thank god almighty this sunday nataka nishukuru mungu mwenyezi jumapili hii we received calls of people who had been uh, infected or affected by the virus tulipata simu kutoka kwa watu ambao walikuwa wamepigwa na pigo hili la virusi hivi a couple of us took it upon ourselves to pray for them not in general but we called them out by names baadhi yetu tukachukua jukumu la kuwaombea sio kwa jumla tu bali kuombea kila mmoja kwa kuita majina yao particularly i remember one night god woke me at 2 am in the morning nakumbuka usiku moja mungu akaniamsha saa 8 za asubuhi and to and ask me and urge me to stand in the gap for a particular man of god and his family na akani akaniamuru niweze kusimama kwenye pengo kuhusu jamaa mmoja mtumishi wa Mungu na jamii yake. The Every one of the 20 people that we stood for in the gap today they are at home and they have all tested negative. Kwamba watu wote 20 ambao tulisimama kwenye pengo kwa ajili yao na kuombea wote wamerejea nyumbani so na wana virusi hivi vya COVID. Nataka rejeshe sifa na heshima kwa Mungu wetu. Even as I was coming this morning there was one who had uh, who had uh, the results were to come yesterday and just receive the results and say mom i'm negative hata ilipokuwa nikija asubuhi leo kuna mmoja ambaye alikuwa anatarajia matokeo yake na alipotokea akasema kwamba hana virusi hivi thank you minister wambogo for taking us into a time of repentance asante mudumu wambogo kutuelekeza katika muda wa toba i urge the church in this nation and of everywhere na si kanisa katika taifa hili na kokote ulimwenguni when we see some unusual things happening tunapo mambo yasiyo kawaida yakifanyika when we hear about tough difficult times that would come ahead tunaposikia kuhusu nyakati ngumu ambazo zitajitajia are we taking a back seat and waiting for the worst to happen or are we standing in prayer and repenting our sins je tunaketi tuli tungoje tu nyakati mbaya zitendeke ama tunachukua muda kusimama katika pengo na kuweza kuomba na kutubu dhambi zetu may god help us to understand the times and the seasons we are at Heri Mungu akatusaidie tuweze kutambua nyakati na misimu tuliyomo. I'll be mentioning some of those things into my teaching today today around me to be a Nazra because I want to teach the word of God. Basi nitakuwa nitaja baadhi ya mambo hayo katika mafunzo yangu leo niruhusuni niwe Ezra maana ninatarajia kufunza neno la Mungu. I you notice that for the past two months nimetambua kwamba kwa miezi miwili iliyopita I've been wanting to speak on a, a certain subject that is the foundation of the first temple which is called Solomon's temple. Nimetaka kuzungumzia kuhusu misingi ya hekalu la kwanza ambalo ni hekalu la Suleimani. And for some reason last month when I stood here. Na kwa sababu fulani miezi iliyopita niliposimama hapa. The Holy Spirit almost told me you are not the speaker today I'm going to minister to my people. Roho Mtakatifu akaniambia kwamba wewe sio mnenaji leo mimi ndiye nataka kunenea watu wangu. And the Holy Spirit took over and the service there was a change of the order of the service. Na Roho Mtakatifu 
ended up in urging us to pray and we did an intercessory prayer na hatimaye nikawasi kwamba tukaende tukaingia katika maombi na tukafanya uombezi hapa because i saw a dark thick crowd sitting over the nation of kenya and starting to move into east africa maana niliona wingu jeusi likenea katika katika kenya na likaanza kuingia katika afrika mashariki prophetically when you see a dark crowd it means death is not absent basi kiunabi uonapo wingu jeusi ujue kwamba mauti hayakosi pale so we stood warned even of the times that we are facing right now with this virus basi hata tulipewa onyo kuhusu nyakati tuliomo sasa hivi na hata kuhusu virusi hivi it is right here that i decreed we do a 14 days intense prayer ni hapa ndipo nilitangaza kwamba tukafanye maombi ya juhudi mno ya siku 14 hapa. And I want to say thanks to the church. Nataka niseme shukrani kwa kanisa. Thank you friends family because you take the word of God. Asanteni kanisa la fe maana mlilichukua neno langu. Just as it is and you, you have interceded. Naona lilivyo nanyi mkafanya uombe. Yesterday when I was on my knees and seeking God about today. Jana nilipokuwa magotini nikimtafuta Mungu kwa ajili ya leo. I asked myself a question. Nikajiuliza Suppose the church did not take action. Je, ikiwa kanisa lingelichukua hatua, maybe things would have been worse than what we have been seeing. Pengine mambo yangelikuwa mabaya mno kuliko namna tunavyoyaona sasa. I urge as a nation to continue praying. Na wasi kama taifa tuendelee katika kuomba. Not only praying but also repenting sins that are committed in this nation. Sio tu kuomba bali vile vile kutubu dhambi ambazo zatendeka katika taifa hilo. Not only by politicians but also or by the church people. Sio dhambi zinazofanywa tu na wanasiasa bali hata watu waliomo katika kanisa. When I prophesied and I gave the word of God I think that was the last year sometimes. Na nilipotabiri nikapeana neno la Bwana mwaka jana. Speaking on judgment I say actually judgment starts from the altar. Nikizungumzia kuhusu hukumu nikasema haswa hukumu huanzia madhabahu. That's why God would not have us ignorant. Ndiposa Mungu atataka tupuuze. And today I want to uh, do give us a few pointers of how sin can push you further than you wanted to go. Na leo nataka kupatia vielekezo kuhusu namna dhambi yaweza kukusukuma mbali kuliko namna ungelipenda kuenda. Speaking speaking about the first uh, the first temple that there was so beautiful Solomon's temple Nikizungumzia kuhusu hekalu la kwanza ambalo lilikuwa lapendeza mno hekalu la Sulaimani There were a few things that God had give instructed Solomon Kuna baadhi ya maelezo ambayo Mungu alikuwa amemuelezea Sulaimani And God told him should you ever overstep boundaries Na Mungu akamwambia iwapo utavuka mipaka And you allow sin to come into the camp Nuruhusu dhambi ingie katika kambi yako That beautiful temple that you have constructed jengo hilo la kupendeza hekalu hilo la kupendeza ambalo umelijenga destroyed and the people would be taken into captivity hekalu hilo litaharibiwa na watu watapelekwa katika utumwa now that is exactly what i want us to look at basi hayo ndio mambo nataka tutazame when sin entered into the camp of israel basi dhambi ilipoingia katika kambi ya waisraeli in those very good days yakati zilikuwa zikati njema the days of peace and joy zilikuwa ni nyakati za 
when sin entered into the camp what they did what happened is according to what god had said in his word judah fell out with god but judah and now um, we, we i tried to get to my message i think two months ago and every time i stand to speak about jeremiah something happens i remember introducing jeremiah the weeping prophet as he is known for as a weeping prophet when the children of israel was being taken into captivity I said Jeremiah was was not taken with the people. He was left behind. Jeremiah had little to do but to weep. He was left with a broken nation in a broken nation with broken people. Anytime we see a picture of broken nation, we see wounded broken people in it. And so we we see that after some time he also had to seek refuge in Egypt. So he also went on exile. He ran for his life in Egypt. And while he was there, he continued to prophesy to the children of Israel. He was a true prophet. Against many false prophets who had risen up at the time. He prophesied that the children of Israel would be in captivity for 70 good years. As a punishment of disobedience to God. Are times that God would give his people to the enemy so they can turn back to him. And now we are seeing Jeremiah as I said the other time that uh, symbolically or prophetic, uh, uh, prophetically he purchased a piece of land. In that very difficult moment, to point to the children of Israel, though that they were in captivity, a time after 70 years are over, they would return back to their land, to their houses, to their fields, to their vineyards, and repossess the land again. What I want us to look at today is very interesting. After captivity, it was not a walk-in. 
And that's, that's why I made a remark that sin will take you further than you ever want to go. Because now when you are coming back, it is not just a walk in and a walk through. They are walking in to rebuild a broken nation. Remember that only sick people and the old people were left behind. Able people, young, strong men were all taken into captivity. As now we're looking at them returning back to their land. They are returning to rebuild the foundations which had been destroyed. And when time was up, for them to return and go and rebuild their nation, God raised a king by the name King Cyrus. A very powerful king from Persia. Let me pause and say to somebody who is going through a very difficult time. God has always a Cyrus for you. In every situation, in any circumstance that you might be in today, God would raise up a Cyrus who is going to minister and meet and speak and meet your need. He's, Cyrus is known as Cyrus the Great. We're looking at a man who conquered Babylon, one of the ancient kingdoms that was the most powerful one. He did not only conquer the, the Babylonian kingdom, but all the neighboring nation around him, around them. Amazingly, within 20 years' time, King Cyrus had dominated the entire ancient world. I have no idea if that is why he's called uh, Cyrus the Great or great, uh, uh, Cyrus the Greatest, Great King. I want our attention to look at something. When God rose King Cyrus into a place of authority and domineering, and he was the man who caught the shots, one of the things he did, he understood his assignment. One of the assignment was to allow the children of Israel to return back to their land at will. We may not understand as to why God liked this man. We may not know why he, God 
just liked him for some reason. Because uh, God, God called him uh, my anointed servant whose right hand I held. And God again calls him my shepherd. You, you can check that on Isaiah 45 verse 1 and Isaiah 44. Why would God like this king? He's a heathen and he's a Persian. Let's look at the, the, a bit of a few things. According to the words of Jeremiah, which he had spoken and prophesied, we see that in Ezra, the book of Ezra, the first chapter, when God raised up King Cyrus, King Cyrus asked a question that had bothered my mind, and I have looked at it over and again and again. He asked the children of Israel, Who among you is there? Who among you is there? All you people of Israel. Who is there amongst you? What does that mean? Cyrus is asking, Who is there amongst you to stand in the gap for your nation and for your people? You, you who are called God's firstborns. You who are very special. Who is there amongst you? I can also pause and ask in the house of God, the church of Jesus Christ at our time, who is there amongst you who will stand in the gap and, and build the broken walls. And God for sure, he found for himself a man. But this man, God amazes me because he found himself Cyrus to do what God wanted done. King Cyrus found favor in the eyes of God to help rebuild the broken nation and the broken city and the broken people. We see in the Bible in his first years of office Cyrus decreed. He made a decree and permitted the Jewish people to return. Not only to return, but to return and rebuild. Rebuild the city of Jerusalem and also rebuild the temple that had been totally destroyed. 
There is no coincidence here that Isaiah had prophesied about King Cyrus 170 years before he ever existed. God is a God of plan. There is no coincidence with God. And let us look at those who are in captivity that what God was going to use to return the children of Israel back so they can rebuild. We've got to understand they did not return at once all of them. The first group returned under the leadership of Zerubbabel. The second group returned under the leadership of Ezra. The third group returned under the leadership of Nehemiah. Pointing you back to the, to the theme of 2021. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Let me say that which have that sometimes we take we take things for granted. But I want to say to us that which we have been destroying by time will never ever be easy to rebuild again. So I want us to look at some of the challenges that were faced by these people when they returned to rebuild their nation and their people. It is never easy to build. And most it is harder and a bit tough to rebuild something that existed but was broken. So when I talk about rebuilding, they were going to rebuild the temple from scratch. They were going to be rebuilt from zero. Meaning they were going to redig the foundations of the temple. And remember now, it is even tougher and harder. Because where the temple stood, after the destruction and the burning of the temple, there were debris everywhere. Scattered rubbish everywhere. That had heaps of trash that Laid for many, many years. What would you tell when that temple was put into fire and destroyed? You can imagine tidying up process. I said it was not going to be a walk-in because they had to do, to redig and clean it up. 
na sitema kwamba haikuwa kazi hizi bwana walipaswa kufanya upya kusafisha tena na kuchimba tena they cleaned up the mess kusafisha taka ile they did a lot of work to do to tidy up walifanya kazi nyingi mno kuweza kusafisha when it comes to building or foundations inapowadia ujenzi wa misingi you cannot sit and sit nice and pretty uwezi keti tukatulia ukiwa mwema pale somebody must make their hands dirty lazima mtu ajichafue mikono yake the ring of foundation kwekwa kwa misingi it's about hard work ni kuhusu kazi ngumu foundation of everything differs basi msingi wa kila kitu tofauti you may mention relationships unaweza taja kuhusu uhusiano marriages doa families familia friendships urafiki even in businesses hata katika biashara you may also want to mention on establishments unaweza taka kunena kuhusu kuhusu mashirika ambayo yamekezwa pale institutions or organizations ama taasisi na, na mashirika foundations differ depending what, what it is basi misingi utofautiana kuambatana kuhusu jam ni kuhusu kitu kitu gani one thing you have to keep in mind lakini jambo moja ambalo unapaswa kuzingatia any kind of foundation kila aina ya msingi must be firm lazima uwe thabiti it has to be solid lazima uwe thabiti it has to be done Sara and proper. Lazima msingi ule ule ufanywe vyema mno. Allow me also to suggest. Niruhusu vile vile kusema hivi. Talking on foundation and what I have been I'm trying to bring 2021. Nikizungumzia kuhusu misingi na kile ambacho najaribu kufunza mwaka 2011. Foundation is the grassroots. Basi msingi ndio kitu cha kimsingi. Everything. Ni jambo la kimsingi na kila kitu. It is the base base of everything. Kumaanisha kwamba ndilo jambo la kimsingi la kila kitu. Even theories at 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 madhaniyo they are built on the foundations of knowledge yamejengwa katika msingi wa elimu you look at foundations in whichever way angalia msingi katika namna yoyote utakavyo for us ladies kwetu sisi kinadada i may also suppose we understand foundations better twaelewa misingi vyema because when we want to put up makeup there is something we put first which is called a foundation kuna kitu tunapaka kwanza ambacho kinaitwa msingi foundation a foundation must match your color skin basi msingi lazima uende sambamba na rangi yako ya ngozi yako a foundation will make you or break your makeup basi msingi ule uenda ukakutengeneza mkaribu urembo wako and girls we must make it a match anyway basi na wasichana lazima tuifanye iwe ina, inaendenda sambamba because we can tile. also do a makeup that does not match us maana uenda tukafanya upodozi ambao uenda usiende sambamba nasi the foundation is so wrong that when you see it your face people think your neighbor's hands are the face basi upodozi ule unaenenda mrama mno hata watu wakikuangalia wanaangalia mikono yako wanafikia pengine ni uso wa jiranio and i know every one of us we know this na najua sisi sote when you put a very light color unapeka rangi ambayo ni nzuri nyeupe and you are so dark your arms unapengine wewe ni mweusi mno so when you wanted to make us point basi ukitaka And you say by the way people say oops basi watu wanapokuangalia wanashtuka maana uko tofauti foundation must match the color of your skin basi msingi ule wa podozi lazima uenende sambamba na rangi ya ngozi yako second example about foundation basi mfano wa pili kuhusu msingi those of you who understand and no baking 
wale ambao mnaoelewa kuhusu uokaji a cake is not the decor on top of the cake basi keki si yale mapambo yaliyoko juu ya keki ile the first thing you bake is the foundation of the cake kitu cha kwanza unachooka ni msingi wa keki ile and it is on top of the foundation of the cake that you decorate basi ni juu ya ya ule msingi wa keki ni posa unaipamba na kuirembesha it is on top of our of our foundation that we put the other things basi ni juu ya misingi yetu ndiposa tunaweka mambo mengineyo so i wanted to emphasize that for us ladies we understand foundations in in from the kitchen to our faces basi nikataka kusisitiza kwamba kwetu sisi kinadada tuwafahamu misingi ta kuanzia jikoni hadi katika upodozi wetu so decisions were made to rebuild the temple basi uamuzi ukafanywa kwa kujenga tena hekalu and to restore the city of of jerusalem na kurejesha tena mji wa yerusalemu first thing first jambo ya kwanza yapewe kipaumbele the first thing that was required jambo la kwanza ambalo lilitajika was establishing and raising up priests and levites ni kuimarisha na kukuza makuhani na walawi the second thing in actual fact there was an age group from 20 years and above na hata hivyo kukawa na umri kuanzia miaka 20 kuelekea juu we are talking about laying of a foundation tunazungumzia kuhusu uwekaji wa misingi while these people were, were held in babylon for 70 years wakati watu wao walikuwa babeli kwa miaka sabini they had forgotten walikuwa wamesahau their foundation walikuwa wamesahau misingi yao now they are returning back to their foundation sasa wanarejea kwa misingi yao they have to make it right lazima waifanye vyema now god is saying to them sasa hivi mungu yuwaambia put your house in order wekeni nyumba yenu visasawa the order of the day katika hiyo sasawa kwa katika all the priestly rejesheni ukaweza kurejesha ukuhani put the rivage wekeni walawi aside wawekeni kando the second thing they needed to do jambo la pili ambalo walipaswa kufanya is to put up materials for construction ni kuweka vifaa na kukusanya vifaa vya ujenzi the third thing they did jambo la tatu walifanya ni people gave everything they had watu wakapeana vyovyote vile walivyokuwa nao in terms of money kwa hali ya fedha oil mafuta drinks minywaji and meat na hata nyama the fourth thing they did jambo la ine walilofanya the, rem, the remnants who had returned from captivity waliosalia masalio yaliyarejea kutoka kutoka utumwani they took it upon themselves to go and bring back uh, the cedar from lebanon basi wakajitwika jukumu la kuweza kuleta ile mierezi ya babiloni so they are starting like they had never done it before basi wanaanza kana kwamba wajawahi fanya hivyo tena Sooner we see bas karibuni hivi tunaona there was order put in place tunaona kuna ratiba njema kuna kuna hali tulivu hali njema ambayo inawekwa pale the priest and the levites have been put where they belong so that they can minister basi makuhani na walau wamewekwa mahali ambapo wanapaswa kuwa ili wakaweze kuhudumu so the work we see now the work is about to start bas tunaona sasa kazi ikaribu kuanza i want to draw your attention to the a ground breaking day basi nataka ni ni muweze kumakinikia ile siku ya ya kuanza ujenzi ule the ceremony of breaking the ground sherehe ile ya kuanza kuchimba misingi the foundation of the second temple 
msingi ya hekalu la pili was laid on top of the old foundation of the first temple msingi wa hekalu la pili uliwekwa juu ya msingi ya hekalu la kwanza before the construction of the entire temple kabla ya ujenzi wa hekalu nzima god's covenant people understood the most important thing to ever do watu wa agano wa mungu walifahamu jambo la muhimu mno ambalo walipaswa kufanya was to raise up an altar walijua kwamba ni kujenga madhabahu and as they were going to raise up the altar walipokuwa kielekea kujenga madhabahu the priest positioned themselves in this ceremony basi makuani wakajiweka katika sehemu zao katika sherehe hii the levites positioned themselves na walau wakajiweka katika sehemu zao the singers positioned themselves with the trumpets na yale matari and they took it upon themselves na wakajitwika ilo jukumu the ground breaking day to celebrate the goodness of god siku ya kuchimba misingi wakachukua ile siku kuwa ni siku ya kusherekea wema wa mungu the bible says they give thanks unto the lord biblia sema kwamba wakatoa shukrani kwa mungu before the construction kabla ya ujenzi they observed the feast of the tabernacle wakazingatia ile sherehe na ile tamasha ya hekalu it seems now they are not assuming the grace of god or taking the grace of god for granted ikawa sasa wachukulie hema ya mungu kimzaa Now they have learned through a very hard way. Sasa hivyo wamejifunza kupitia hali ngumu. Sometimes when the enemy when we are pushed to the enemy wakati mwingine napotusukumwa mno na adui our eyes would open and we would put value on that which we have received. Na vile vile macho yetu yatafunguka na sisi tutaweza kukidhamini kile ambacho tumekipokea. Let me say this at this altar. Wacha niseme haya katika madhabahu. These are not the days we are swimmed or took the grace of God for granted. Hizi sio zile nyakati ambazo tulipuuza na kuchukulia neema ya Mungu kimzaa. That is not my message I'm still speaking on the foundation. Wasio jumbe wangu ningali nazungumzia misingi. Before the other remaining work of the construction of the temple kabla ya kazi nyingine ambayo ilisalia ya ujenzi wa hekalu. One of the things that I noted from the book of Ezra was unity. Jambo moja ambalo nilitambua kutoka kitabu cha Ezra ni umoja. Unity became very key. Umoja ukawa ni jambo la muhimu. So as they were laying the foundations they put aside their disputes and their differences and Ezra puts it like this they gathered together like one man one man means they had the same mind they were not divided as to what they need to do so now we are looking at the altar the altar is the most important part of a sanctuary Allow me to speak about the altar for about two minutes. This altar you are seeing here. As beautiful as you see it. If you speak to any man of God in this house. We die 101 times and we resurrect again. We pray and 
until we tell God, God, what is your name? So that I may call you by your name. Tunaomba, tunaabudwambia mungu, jeu naitua vipi ilidika kuhita kwa jina lako. When we walk the first step before the second one. I assure you, you see dead people walking here. Why do we tremble when we come to the altar? This altar makes you or breaks you. The altar of God has a voice. This altar can testify against you straight to God. On the other hand, it can testify for you before God. That is why we never put trash at the altar. This is a holy ground. This is a holy place. This is where the word is spoken. This is where the prophetic gracing comes through. This is where thousands and thousands of miracle children have been asked for from God. From this altar is where cancers have been healed. This is the altar that I stood and that I stand on year by year and say, Thou seest the Lord. Let me say this. The other day I saw something. Somebody sent me something. That there was a confrontation between the police, the forces. In a certain church. And I watched it. And something was absolutely out of order. Because the officers who came for whatever reason they walked in to do, the greatest mistake they made was to take the first step and walk to the altar and confront a man of God right at the altar. Let me say in this nation that should never happen. And I'm going to give you an example. I remember when, uh, when the American embassy was bombed in Nairobi. That was many years many years ago. We were going to have our annual conference at Uhurupa. And we had put a megadome tent and thousands and thousands of seats. And I remember the PS who became later a good friend of mine. He came to me and he said, we need to do services at this part of the, of, of the park. 
Would you be kind enough to allow me and my people and me and the government who are going to assist you to move this tent from where it sits to the other side? I'm saying this for a, because of a point I want to drive home. I told that man, man, he was a PS and he has been a, a DC, a PC, very influential man, in, in, a man in authority. I told, I told him, I am, I am not going to tell these people about other services, you are going to stand and tell them what you need to do. I want you to listen carefully. This man, so well-ranked, high-ranked officer in the government of Kenya, he told me, Reverend, listen to me, I would never ever climb at an altar I'm a man under authority. I understand authority. What is happening to the foundation of our nation? Do you know, as great as he was, he took a chair, he asked for a chair that nobody was using. He put it right at the middle. Not, not near the altar, way up there in the middle of the congregation. He stood on the chair so that the people outside and inside could see him. And he started explaining as to why we needed to move the tent. I am talking about the foundation of people who feared God sometimes back. The culture of fearing of God and honoring God must remain. I will be speaking about boundaries. An officer will love you, will respect you. We know that you serve under authority. But on top of the authority you serve, there is another above authority which is God Almighty. In the day of trouble let us respect one another. Don't overstep your boundaries because judgment still stands. If you are not a priest, don't jump on the altar. It is not an office. It is a holy place called by the name of God. This altar was dedicated by the man of God, Pastor Reynard Bonke. And if you can remember, this house is a house of order. And I love my president when it came for the president to address us, there was another altar down there where he stood, greeted us and addressed us. If our president would not jump on the altar, what would make an officer jump at an altar? Please. 
Let's honor the altar of God. Please, even if you want to arrest me, wait for me to come down. This will testify against you. And it will not only testify against you, it will testify against your children and your children's children to the third generation. Check it, it's in the Bible. That's why we don't have drama in our altar. We don't do deliverances at these altars where, where people come and vomit and do all sorts of drama. We understand. I am standing on a holy ground. Right now, I am standing on a holy ground. And the angels Thank God for altars. So they raise up an altar. After they raise up an altar, I'm talking about the foundations. Kenya, I'm talking about foundations. Western countries, I'm talking about the foundations. United States, I'm talking about foundations. The foundations must stand right again. If we have to experience a move of God again, let's go back to the foundations. So when they had raised the altar and put it in place and in that altar they named it by the name of the Lord God of Israel. The second thing they did because once you raise an altar the second thing that God requires is a sacrifice. Then they brought their sacrifice because this is a sacred holy place totally marked for God. So now I can say they are now returning back to their foundation. They are now returning back to the roots of their faith in God. From the record we see Zerubbabel he takes account and gives account of the first returns from captivity his experiences. Remember that Zerubbabel was the, was, the, was the leader of the tribe of Judah. As, as they return from Babylon, from Babylon. In other words, also want you to know that he was the prime builder of the second temple. Apparently he held too, he was both political and spiritual leader. When you study and look at his life, he was a very strong leader. He was a man of influence. He was a man of character. He was a no-nonsense person. He was not a compromiser. He was also a decision maker. In other words, Zerubbabel 
we, we see that he did the work of the construction of the temple from the old foundation of the temple that was there before which had been destroyed many years before. I want to draw to your attention when you go to rebuilding something it's harder, it's more difficult. Solomon's temple, the first temple took seven years to build and decorate. The second temple took about 20 years. It was hard work. It was very difficult. Let those who have ears hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Hear what God is saying to this generation. It is easy to mess up. It's easy to destroy that which you have. But the day it will come for you to build, it will be very painful experience. So we, we, I want us to look at this construction that took 20 years. 17 good years was wasted in useless fights. Do you know there are battles that are useless battles? Always I say from this altar, don't take your neighbor's battle, fight your own battles yourself. Because when you start putting yourself to fight your neighbor's battle, when your battles will come, you'll be battle fatigued. When they started building, there was such a resistance. There was such an opposition from the Samaritans who fought because they had an interest. And they wanted to be counted on and to be built into that, to be put in that construction. Zerubbabel refused to give the Samaritan even a chance to contribute or to be part of the construction. And so in return, they put up a fight. Why was there a fight? Because Zerubbabel was afraid that because they were associated with idol worship, and that they might bring those things back again to the altar. He refused their contributions. But on the other hand, God gave Zerubbabel favor with the king of Persia. He got grants from King Cyrus and others 
And he also received a words of encouragement and exhortation from Prophet Haggai and Zechariah. When the temple had had been accomplished. Once again, there was a great celebration. To mark this great day, observing the feast of the Passover, and it is recorded that God was so happy and so pleased with Zerubbabel for building, for returning the captives and rebuilding and establishing back worship into the temple of God. May I say what God is going to build in days to come. God will make sure that there is no dirty finger in it. Samaritans you will not bring your idols to the temple of God. Because it shall be a holy place. And now we see the major foundation has been put together. And I don't know if I have time to check on Ezra. Let me see if I can rush quick about Ezra. Because from Zerubbabel, then we have to check on Ezra because they both come, all of them come together. We're still looking at the foundations. Because if the foundations be destroyed, David asked, what can the righteous do? Ezra was Ezra. a scribe. Ezra and, a, and a priest. He was a well-schooled person. He was well-trained. He understood the law. And he was a very smart person. He was very knowledgeable. God gave him favor while he was still in Babylon with the king. The king granted him favor to return the remaining captives back to their motherland. And I want just to mention a few things. He was also, Ezra was also a man of influence. He was a recognized religious leader. Not all these titles we give ourselves. And I love because one time Bishop Jenga spoke about all these titles that we give ourselves. You wake up, you feel like a man of God is not good enough. You start claiming you are bishop, archbishop. Bishop of the bishops, I don't know. Seek you the kingdom of God first. All these other things. So 
Anyway, he was a man of influence. Having favor with God and with man. The king granted him finances to refurbish the temple which had been just been completed. And we see the captives now have returned and, 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 and things are like almost going to normal. But, but God says, wait a minute. You saw as Zerubbabel, now you are going to see an Ezra. An Ezra is going to sweep the dirt and the mess. He was a teacher. Well skilled and well trained. He wrote and updated the laws. From Torah. That is from the, the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomies. In actual fact, one thing I noticed, Pastor Anne, about, about Ezra, you hold a PhD, also Ezra talks something good about himself. He, he said Anasema, about himself, I'm a skilled scribe. And I love that because the man was a perfectionist. The second, the second person I ever saw boast a bit and I admire him is Apostle Paul. Hey, not a joke. He says, let me tell you, I was circumcised on the eighth day. Get that down fast. I come from the tribe of the Benjamin. In other words, I'm a Benjamite by blood. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law, I'm well schooled. I sat with Gamaliel. So, so, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. So now about Paul, let me move from Paul back to Ezra. Ezra was well known for his boldness. One of the things, it's like he was also an evangelist like me. And doing things to redo them again. I think he also had a prophetic gracing if we study more. Because what Ezra and D and had to undo, no man would have guts to do it. When he arrived in Jerusalem, he took a walk. And he said, oh, okay. Oh, he, he, he didn't even look at the temple. He looked at the people. He saw confusion. The Jews had intermarried 
with the heathens. He did not notice how the temple was beautiful. His eyes went to the intermarriages with foreign wives. Because the Jewish men had intermarried with the, with the nations that surrounded them. Maybe as a learned man he remembered. These are the cycles of Solomon. Getting married to strange women. He decided this thing, I'm going to undo it at any cost. Can you imagine a man of God? I don't know if he used a microphone or what they used to use. He took a microphone and said, I decree divorce. Anybody married to a devil out there today, you are divorcing them. You're, you will not only divorce them, but you're also going to send them away. Whoops. Whoops. Who can ever preach that kind of a gospel? Unless you are Ezra. You can go and read that in Ezra chapter 10 and you continue verse 17, 19, you continue, you'll, you'll be able to see that. He feared that if they were trying to lay back the foundation of godliness, yet they had these marriages with, with the heathens, they will end up again like King Solomon. So he feared the intermarriages with the pagan people. Because his fear was that the children of Israel would again be taken to idol worship. This is how Ezra solved the problem. He called for a seminar for men only. In fam, when the church opened, we're going to have a seminar for men only. Even women, not, even women will not serve tea, they will not be even in security. Ezra called for a Bible study, men only. Subject. Marriage. They came prepared. Ezra brought back the Bible together with several priests. Ezra helped to translate and to interpret the law and the commandment of God. He reminded the people their foundation and their work with God. The teaching went on for seven days. Don't ask me if they ever went home. Maybe if somebody had not divorced that foreign wife, they did not go home. 
After finishing, because it went on for seven days, there was yet another celebration to commemorate uh, the, the, the feast of the tabernacle back to order back to order to remember how God snatched them when they were slaves in the land of Egypt and brought them out. And those things were pointed to them. They cried and repented. They confessed their sins. The Bible says confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. They again renewed their covenant with God. You can read that in Ezra chapter 9. We have looked at the life of Ezra and his mission and assignment. And my conclusion about Ezra is he was a richest man of God. No man can do what what he, he could do. He walked in holiness. He was uncompromised when he came to teaching and preaching. Allow me to call him a man of a right standing. He was a great leader. Inspiration speaker. Very fluent and a good communicator. Keen in giving guidance to his people on as to how they should walk with God. What I love about Ezra is God testifying about him. Ezra 7, the Bible says, the hand of the Lord was upon him. Ooh. I have a few minutes. Let me take a few minutes and just finish this thing. Those of you online, please don't get tired and bored with me now. Okay. Let, me, let, me, let me finish also with Nehemiah. Because Nehemiah is the last character. I spoke about the three. Let me put all of them together. Because next month, I want to also venture into other foundations. Because I'm still on the subject. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Shortly, let's look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a very passionate man. Who is the kind of a man who would have a position to be a king's cupbearer yet you are still inquiring about your people and your nation. You know some positions are very dangerous. This man was right hand man to the king and yet he inquired the state of Jerusalem to those who were survivors and who had been left and returned back 
return back. Kwa wale ambao walikuwa ni manusuri manusuria na wale ambao walikuwa wamerejea kule. Who is this? So wealth positioned. Yet you are not content. You are still asking about the house of God and then and, and your nation. He inquired and he was told. Oh, Jerusalem, though the, the, the temple has been constructed, the walls are still broken, they have not been touched. The gates, remember, were burnt with fire. The people were in great distress. And now we are seeing him inquiring. And the Bible says he wept. When he heard the city without a gate, a city without a wall. Kenya, hear what the Spirit of God is saying today to the church. Could we have a nation without gates? Could we have a nation without walls? Huh, I prophesied last year and last year, but one about the nation. About the security of our nation. The reason you need walls is as to man as to who comes in and who goes out. A city or a nation without boundaries. Anything or anybody can come. Bad boys can come without you knowing. And by the way, that continue praying for the security of our nation as I speak on this. So now, he inquired. And today I want to ask, are there Nehemiah out there who are inquiring about the state of our nation? Are there Nehemiahs there who are inquiring about this COVID virus? Where are the Nehemiahs today who are so passionate about their nation? Who are going to forget about their status? Whom they are in the society? How great they are. Who salutes to them? Is there in Nehemiah there? Left out. To, to ask and inquire. And try to find out. About the state of our nation. That's the enemies. That's the enemy of our souls. Comes in without us knowing. So we, we, we're looking at a man who did not feel comfortable. When you have a vision from God, you will not be comfortable even at night to sleep. If you sleep from nine to six in the morning, something is so wrong in your faith. If you turn on the television and hear the statistics from the Ministry of Health as to how many people are getting the virus a day, and you say, mm, okay, it's time to go to bed. And you go and sleep and you snore until you're six. Something is wrong. You need help. 
basi iwapo naweza tazama runinga yako niuone hesabu kutoka katika wizara ya afya kuhusu ni wangapi ambao wamekufa kupitia virusi hivi vya covid unasema ni sawa nende lazima mtu ajisi kwamba jastare you may not have lost your job but when you hear on the statistics of how many people have become homeless and jobless lakini unapoangalia tathmini niuone ni wangapi ambao wamekosa ajira na wamekosa wamekosa kazi zao you need to be burdened and feel uncomfortable lazima ujisi una mzigo na ukosa kustarehe my kustarele. question as i finish this morning basi swali langu napata matisha subiria who are going to get out of their comfort zones ambao ambao tatoka mahala pao kwa kustarehe of a nation kwa ajili ya taifa and for the sake of our people na kwa ajili ya watu wetu nehemiah hearing about his people nehemiah kwa kusikia kuswa watu state of his city na hali ya mji wake he fasted and prayed akafunga na kuomba some people can fast because their food has become scarce. But it is different when you are fasting and your fridge and freezer is full packed. Basi lakini kuna tofauti wakati unajaribu kufunga na jokovu lako limejawa na kwa chakula. A milkshake is gazing at you and you say you can be shaken but you are not shaking me. Basi na milkshake inakuangalia hivi. Unasema unaweza tikiswa lakini wezi nitikisa mie. God is looking for people with a passion. Mungu yatazama watu walio na upendo na maana. Bas Nehemiah kafunga na kuomba. Listen to me Kenya. Nisikize Kenya. He repented the sins of his people. Alitubu dhambi za watu wake. There is a need for us. Kuna alohitaji kwetu sisi. To take it upon ourselves and repent every sin committed in this nation. Bas kujitwika jukumu la kutubu kila dhambi ambayo imefanyika katika taifa hili. We cannot be hearing every day money is being lost billions have gone this is missing that is missing we cannot be comfortable as a church when we hear the mess we are at basa tuwezi tulia kama kanisa na tustarehe naposikia kwamba mabilioni yamepotea hiki kimepotea kama kanisa tupaswi kustarehe we must arise and repent lazima tuinuke na tutubu repent the sins tutubu dhambi so he asked for permission basa kaomba Rusa. to visit his nation and his people the bible says he found favor with the king he was appointed as a governor of one of the provinces authority was given him to go back to him and rebuild his city and his and the walls when he arrived in jerusalem He was so sad. He was sudden to see the state akauzunika kuona hali of the broken walls and no gates hali ya kuta zilizobomoka na ili hali vile vile hakuna hata coming from a posh place with gates kwa sababu anatoka mahali ambapo pamejengwa vyema mahali palipo na malango everything kingdom everything is We overdone. But he's looking at the city of his own foundation of faith. And it's a wanting. So then he surveyed at night. Intercessors Waombezi I'll have a session with you. Nitakuwa na kipindi pamoja nanyi. Don't always overtalk. Msiwakunena sana. There are times God will show you things. Kuna wakati Mungu ataonyesheni mambo. Not so that you can go into the mid, social media. 
There God will show you things to start equipping you with his burden. And the reason he can trust you, he didn't send social media, he trusted you to be his ambassador. Before you start writing things and abusing so and so and so and becoming emotional, be godly and choir from God. Hear God. Survey at night like Nehemiah. While it is still dark when people are sleeping, begin to map up your movement. And that's why midnight cry is so important before God. Don't go out there when everybody is screaming and shouting. Your moment with God is when internet is at rest. When Safaricom is quiet, that is the time you need to survey. Minister Habat has, is, a, is one of the greatest men when it comes to prayer. And I would want him one of the days to teach us on mapping your areas and zones through prayer. Without shouting it. At the cross at the darkest hour is when you survey. You cannot do surveying with people. Intercessors, I'm talking about your prayer partners. There are times you don't even need your prayer partner. God wants you to survey things. For me to hold this microphone and say, Thou seest God, I have surveyed in the dark hour. God help me finish this thing. So we see now he's organizing himself. And then he began the work. And when Nehemiah started his work, opposition also started there. I don't know why men and women of prayer those who know their God and those who fast and pray, the devil comes on them and attacks them. But anyway, that's, that's, and I, you know, Intercessors and people who seek God are more attacked than other people. Why does that happen? The enemy knows one thing beyond any imagination. Prayer is the master key that unlocks and locks. So the devil does not come on you because because you are pretty or nice. The devil comes on you because of your faith. 
Because the moment you take the shield of faith and you mix it with prayer, you shall unlock that which has been shut for ages. You shall open. Behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Those are not my words, Jesus said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth, I will bind it in heaven. What you set free on earth, I'll also lose it in heaven. I wasn't meant to speak about prayer. I'm trying to manage my time, but anyway, this is an everlasting gospel. This thing, I have to finish it. Sit there, add money on your phone. I have to finish this. You need to hear this deep key. And that's why your money now want to get finished when I say prayer is a key. So that you don't get this tip of prayer. Pray until something happens. Ask until something is done. So now we are seeing, we are seeing Nehemiah. Looking, I'm still looking at Nehemiah. The enemies came on Nehemiah. Unlike all the others. These other ones, you know, you, 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 you can tell they also had confrontation, but Nehemiah was so intense. And let me tell you something. As long as you have a dream, as long as you have a vision, the devil will never be your friend. He will fight so that you abort that vision. He, he doesn't care about your money. The devil is never intimidated by money. The devil is never intimidated by power. But one thing that the devil he fears is a dream. Ask me because of the story of Joseph. It's a vision. Because where there is no vision, the people perish. So the devil will fight the vision. The moment you start, the moment you start to work on your dream, to work on the vision that is inside you, the devil also starts attacking you. Let me ask a question. Do you, does everybody like you and everybody think you are doing the right thing? And everybody say, you are so nice. You are so beautiful, you are so pretty, everything you do is so good. If everybody agrees with what you do, check it again. If everybody, everybody doesn't even ask a question about your message, ask a question. My question to you today is before as I try to wind up this message. Do you have a vision? 
have a Tobias in your life? Je una Tobia maishani mwako? Do you have a Sanbarot in your life? Je una Sanbalati maishani mwako? Do you have a Gesham in your life? Je una Geshamu maishani mwako? Those are three friends. Hao ni marafiki watatu. Who always set traps for you as you progress towards your destiny. Ambao utajaribu kukuwekea vizuizi na mitego unapoelekea katika hatima yako. Those are three people. Hao ndio wale watu watatu. Who major on conspiracy to destroy you ambao watazingatia katika njama ya kukuangamiza if nobody is fighting anything iwapo kule yote ambayo yanakupigana na chochote kile if everything you do is so good revisit it again iwapo chochote ufanyacho ni chema kitunguze tena if nobody questions what you are doing iwapo kule yote ambayo naulizia kile ambacho nafanya visit it again hebu kichunguze tena but three these three men lakini watu hao watatu If they don't even succeed hata kama hawatafanikiwa with their conspiracy to bring you down na njama yao ya kukushusha chini to destroy your vision kuharibu maono yako the other thing they will try to do jambo lingine ambalo watajaribu kufanya ni is to hire witches on you ni kujaribu kuwatafuta wachawi wa kuroge wewe they will look for witches watawatafuta wachawi the high bidding witches wachawi wa hali ya juu like the ones i went to overturn somewhere kama wengine ambao nilienda kwa kwa sambaratisha kwingineko watawachukua na wawalipe ili wakushusha chini kila ambacho adui anasahau ni ni kwamba what god has blessed no man no devil nothing under nothing on the air can ever destroy in other words the best english word i can use i'll come up with my own dictionary we are uncassable uncassable I want you to shout on that TV you are watching and say I'm uncassable. You can hire anybody. If Tobias can do it, if Gesham can do it, if San Barot can do it, hire the highest witches. We are uncassable. Because what God has blessed. No man. No man. And no man means no man. Despite the opposition. Nehemiah was able to construct the walls. Within a span of 52 days. The wall was completed. 2021 listen to me. Do you have the Nehemiah vision or the Nehemiah spirit? Then you have to build like Nehemiah. Listen to me because Kenya we are all going through some tough times. As I finish let me address internationally everybody is going through something When Nehemiah was faced by opposition on every side Wakati Nehemiah alikumbana na upinzani kila upande hired people literally to stop 
the wall from being construction. Basi Sanbalati akawa akawa kodi watu waweze kukomesha ujenzi wa How did Nehemiah build? Je, Nehemiah alijenga vipi? The Bible says. Biblia inasema Nehemiah built with one hand. Biblia inasema Nehemiah alijenga na mkono mmoja. He built on one hand. Akajenga kwa mkono mmoja. And on the other hand. Na kwa mkono mwingine. He held on to the weapon. Alikuwa ameshika silaha. Listen to me. Excuse Are you holding on to the weapon of your warfare? Je, umeshikilia silaha ya vita vyako? You are in a battle. Umo katika vita. But may God open your eyes. Na heri Mungu afungue macho yako. You know that you are going to build with one hand. Ukajua kwamba utajenga kwa mkono mmoja. That ka business Mr. and Mrs. Jenga of Flowers. Basi bwana na binjenga biashara ile ya maua. It's going to be one hand. Utakuwa ni mkono mmoja. But the other hand. Lakini mkono mwingine. The weapon of your warfare. Basi silaha ya vita vyako. Which is spiritual. Ambani kiroho. This battle we are fighting. Vita hivi ambavyo tunavyopigana. Can not be won with a carnal mind. Hawezi pigana na kwa spiritual. Lazima uwe kushinda vita hivi. I'm talking about Nehemiah. That's why I needed to put all my time together. Because I feel the spirit of God. Urging me to give these tips. If Nehemiah was fought by three great men and he decided nothing is stopping I, I serve the devil today with a notice we are unstoppable you cannot stop us the church is not when we meet together we are even stronger when we are behind our curtains we are more powerful when we start to speak in tongues in the kitchen Jesus said Upon this road, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Satan, you better know church is undestroyable. We are stronger. We are stronger. Now we are building a highway to enter them. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm prophesying. Though there is a rock down, we understand the secret of Isaac. God told Isaac, don't go down to the land. Say where you are. So a seed and the Bible says in the end of the year he harvested a hundredfold I prophesy and decree firm family firm partners let me not talk about everybody but let me talk about those soldiers who have been given unto me in the difficult days we are building a highway I drove on firm highway today the highway of holiness now which is about to be completed that will drive our children's dream oh I wish I had more time to preach about the vision of God in Fem Fem unshakable Fem unshakable 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 oh God am I finishing All right. Sawa. Let me say and then by this. Wachanimalizie kwa hii. As he built with one hand. Alipendelea kujenga kwa mkono mmoja. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Worked until the end. Alifanya kazi hadi tamati. But he made a prayer. Lakini akafanya ombi. Which is going to be our prayer point. Ambalo litakuwa ni ombi letu vile vile. When minister Peter 
takes this microphone. the difficult time in the greatest opposition Nehemiah said oh Lord oh Lord strengthen my hands Today our prayer in firm family during the lockdown, the shutdown, the difficult time, jobs, no jobs. Our prayer is Nehemiah's prayer. Oh God of heaven, strengthen our hands that we do not weaken this time so that one hand I can build on the other hand I can wage war with the enemy. Oh God, strengthen our hands. Nehemiah 6, you can read that. Nehemiah never settled for anything less. He stood for purity. And restored worship among his people. And he helped to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And fixing of the gate. I finish by saying, Femme church, Femme partners, Every one of us, We have a part. We have a part. In actual fact, right now as we are speaking, for the past two months, I am working on the vision of finishing our banquet hall because of our August conference. I don't see COVID, I see conference. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Both of them start with a C. I I'm saying, I'm not seeing COVID. I am seeing conference. So right now, I have been working day and night with pushing our Ezra team to the end, designing and redesigning, pushing Pastor Hans, who is the master designer of, of, of Ezra. Oh, Pastor Hans, we're going to have green, jungle green chairs, and we're going to have mix them with white because I'm not going anywhere. I, I, yeah. <laughs> you, know, I, you didn't get me. You didn't get You know, when you have a vision, you have a vision, isn't it? Me, I'm talking about the vision. I don't know if you have a vision, if you have a dream. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing the conference. I don't know if you're making arrangements. Look for a tailor to make you a dress for the conference. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody needs to start raising chickens so that you bring us chickens for the conference. Oh, Mr. Jenga, we're going to have more flowers than this. Conference is coming. Our international speakers begin to prepare yourself. If you have started writing to me, you are coming for the conference. You are men and women of faith. You must have a part in repairing the broken society. What is your part today? You have heard about Zerubbabel. You have heard about Ezra. You have heard about Nehemiah. What is your part? We're in a broken nation. People have lost livelihood. People are into major depression. People are doing crazy things. Though pubs are shut, though pubs are shut, 
Drunkards still want to find their way to pubs. Yet church people cannot dare. But they are still finding their way inside. So they can get high and feel better. But I'm telling you something. Do you have a vision of our society? How we need to hear our society? Our people. Are you watching? Are you hearing? When you see, when you hear, what do you say? And much more so, what do you tell God? What's your part? in the rebuilding of that which is broken. We were told if the, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Today, no matter what, what matters most is God's people. Let me tell this nation from the Minister of Health to Education what matters to God most is people. God has never been impressed about constructions but God is very key about people. God died for the people. Gave his son Jesus to die for people. Lives matter much to God than all these beautiful structures that we make for ourselves. During this tough time, let us make Nehemiah prayer. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Oh Lord, strengthen my hands. God bless you. I love you. And thank you for allowing me to speak for the longest time. Bless you. Thank you, Minister Peter.